folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Amers. Hi, everybody. This is episode 20 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. We're on a, a little, I guess, anniversary. Um, we're finally recording the 20th episode, and I've got a very special guest with me today. Um, and a very lovely and popular guest. You know, people, people like you, Lindsay. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. So uh, Lindsay's back. Lindsay Doubt from Lindsay Does Languages. Lindsay, what have you been doing recently with the languages? Oh, my goodness. Um, June was kind of crazy. I was very, very ill. Um, so in terms of languages, it was like, oh, oh, like lying down, just coughing. Hopefully I won't cough too much today and just kind of thinking, I wish I could do stuff. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a very sad month, but I did get engaged, so that was a, a plus. Congratulations! Oh, 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 thank you. I mean, I sent you a little message saying congratulations, yeah. but I get to say it on the podcast. Lindsay's engaged. That's Yay. fantastic. Oh, wow. How's it feel? Um, it feels very strange. Like, it's kind of, uh, I mean, we've been together for five years, so I think a lot of people were kind of thinking oh when is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen you know and um yeah it's it's, it's nice it feels nice mm. I did not realize how crazy wedding planning is my god oh welcome to wedding planning. oh my goodness <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, as somebody who got married uh what it's been five five weeks now yeah not long right I'm just looking at the diary it feels long you know or at least mm -hmm. the, the, the first glow has kind of yeah. died down where you really go Oh, you can't say that in public. You say, hello, husband. <laughs> hello, wife. We just, we still say it. We just say it slightly less. So it's just the, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit more used to the fact that I've changed my name to Kirsten Cable, even though this is still the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Hammers, although it's Kirsten yeah. Hammers, Cable, Hammers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also it's, um, yeah, I've got my German wedding coming up. So we, we are having two yes. wedding celebrations. I've, we had a wedding celebration in England with my with, oops, with my parents uh, coming to England. And as a, an international couple, we felt it was really important to show my husband's family, um, who have never been to the Moselle, who I don't think have oh. ever been to Germany, to show yeah. them my home and get them to, you know, to, to so just get an impression of, where I'm from, the same way that my parents get an impression of where he's from. So we got married in Blackpool, where he grew up. Um, and in Germany, we're getting married in Mülheim, which is where I grew up. And That's lovely. It is. And yeah. I'm so excited to bring his parents to Germany. Um, because, you know, like we say many times, there's more than just a language barrier. You know, I can speak English mm. like, like most English people can speak English. So mm. there's no real language barrier between me and his family. But... That still doesn't mean that they they can exactly relate to the fact that I'm I'm foreign and yeah it's the know. cultural thing as well isn't it it's the yeah. understanding you know where someone is from you really kind of get a new perspective I think that'll be really nice I know I'm really looking forward yeah to so when is that how long a few weeks we away? have um hang on a minute just looking at the diary we have two months left oh okay oh, yeah. that's, oh that's good I'm going to yeah. Germany next week and I'm, there's going to be a week of me walking around saying uh, flowers and then there's a, do you have a, a cool international wedding tradition that you're doing we're, do, we're sawing a log um, oh. that's a German wedding tradition um, that as a couple you saw a log together oh okay and that's we cool. also have this thing called Polterabend uh -huh. um, which is 
to you know if people have seen the, the, there's been a lot made of the greek tradition of smashing plates um, yeah. and in germany we smash plates but the night before or like a few days before and what you do is like everybody comes around um and smashes all their old crockery and things like that on the floor and then it's the first teamwork job that the couple have to do is clean it all up <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah so those are some german wedding traditions so german weddings are very games heavy yeah and the chores begin here quick mop up your plates come on i know i know <laughs> so so are you doing anything like particularly is oh. there anything english oh my goodness um i mean i think weddings now have changed so much i mean It's kind of interesting because uh, Ashley's only ever been to Ashley. That's that's my fiance. It was weird to say that. Um, he's only ever been to two weddings, and they were both quite sort of non-traditional. Um, so it's kind of uh, we we're basically go, trying to go as much as we can within the restrictions of like English wedding law um, mm -hmm. of what exactly what we want. I mean, we sat down on the night he proposed and it was like, oh my God, and we can do this and we can do this. Oh my God, and we can have this. Oh my God, and that'd be amazing. Oh, and we had this huge plan of how brilliant it would be. And uh, the following day, I basically found out that actually no, in Britain, and this is probably going to sound really very basic and very silly to people, but I knew nothing about weddings. Um, in Britain, basically, if you don't get married in a church, there's a list of, I think, about 10,000 places, essentially That's holiday correct. inns, uh, from holiday inns to stately homes that you can get married in. And uh, we were like, what? We basically just wanted to have a nice field somewhere, set it up, get our friend registered online and get us married. Like, you know, like you see yeah. in Friends, when Phoebe gets married in Friends, I know, in the street impossible exactly. it's to do in, in this in country in america you can in britain yeah. you have to be married it's so lame a registered structure and it's yeah. got to be what have they a call a fixed structure yeah. so yeah, it's got to have yeah. a roof under it over yeah. it yeah this blew my mind like, <laughs> all our plans just kind of were like oh well ah. that's that's now impossible so it's kind of uh well, it's can... kind of interesting we're kind of trying to work around everything and i think we've got some some ideas set but you can run off to the registry office and have um a registry office ceremony yeah. and then um, just have, you know, just make that really quick with four people and then have somebody perform your ceremony. And like a mega party. Exactly. With, yeah. um, which um, I suggested to Christian because I was also like, I want to get married in the open air. Of course I do. Mm. Um, never happened. Never happened. But instead yeah. we found an amazing, you know, a really amazing registry office. It's it's It was beautiful. And you had a yeah. view of... Um, Blackpool Tower, which is probably cool. the next best thing you're going to get to the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should so be that should be their tagline. For like, <laughs> I'm not sure if they'd get away with it. I but. think if you're from Blackpool, they actually say the original Black, the original Eiffel Tower. Oh really? Yes. Oh my goodness! Right. So uh, moving on from wedding planning, <sighs> um, but certainly if especially if we have any listeners who are in an international. Um, relationship or a relationship that is very travel heavy it would be really lovely to hear from you guys um we've recently seen ashley Lindsay's fiance on um on instagram that was quite exciting so you practiced your spanish on him oh, and yeah. i know my husband also um see this is the thing and now i can say husband without going eek uh, <laughs> that's five weeks um but my husband uh filmed me at the weekend for the instagram video challenge um where i i sort of spoke my first public welsh um Ooh. yeah and i've since i've since learned because i said dwinbyu in lancaster i live in lancaster uh. and i have since learned from gareth um uh from how to get fluent that lancaster is actually kehir kehirvrin 
Oh, it has a name. That's yeah, cool. it's got a Welsh name, so you can say Dwi'n Biwn Cehirvrin, which sounds a lot more fancy instantly. Mm. So, as always, you know, it's, it's really great to, in a way, share our language obsessions, hobbies, um, jobs with our other halves. But do you also have another another half who sort of think looks at you and goes, "Hmm, crazy lady." <laughs> what me personally? Yeah. Oh no, no. I think Ashley's Ashley's great. Like I think he kind of um, he said like, it's, like oh, "It's gonna sound really arrogant to say myself." He said like, "Oh, I really admire people that can speak languages and stuff." So that's quite nice. Yeah, um, people say that a lot, don't they? And I'm always like, "You can speak languages. You can do it too." No, it's not. Yeah. I haven't got the special gene. Um, yeah, exactly. But very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah, I don't get a lot of admiration. I think. Um, but he he has learned a bit of German, um, and actually, in my eyes, done incredibly well. He did about three years of evening classes, and in Germany, he can get by absolutely fine now. That's it, isn't it? For most people, that's all. You, that's all you need, like that level of just competence. That's right. Yeah, that's... yeah. And he is person. He is competent. Mm. And to be honest, you know, people are obsessed with you know getting a good accent, and I can <coughs> see if you're really into it. But there is something to be said for those kind of first few years when you speak with a foreign accent, you kind of sound that cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, this is the Polyglot Podcast. Keep your accent, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, after, after this uh, exciting news, so congratulations again, Lindsay. Thank um, you much. And you've, you know, I know you've been, I know you've been sick, but you, you did learn a really cool um, script, or not really a script. Um, so can you, what can you tell us about Semaphore? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. You know, when I started this, <clears throat> when I uh, sort of composed, if you like, the original list of, of, of writing scripts, I basically was like, oh, my God, and this exists. And I don't know all these. OK, let's just I know what I'll do. I'll go on Memrise. I'll type in alphabet. I'll type in writing system, you know, and I'll see what comes up. And anything that comes up, I'm going to do it. If it's now Memrise, it's possible for me. You know, there's something I can use that I know that I will use. So I was like, right, OK. And Semaphore came up. OK, put on the list, Semaphore. And I was all the way through really kind of thinking oh my god someone's gonna almost sort of pick me up on this and be like semaphore is not a language or you know why are you doing that but I thought well it's fun it's a way of communicating it's uh it's 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 some it's 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 an alphabet you know in the same sense that someone has said right probably not one person I don't know the, the details of the history of it you know there's a right okay we're going to transfer this and communicate this in a different way and that's so cool and that's that's the same interest for me as you know learning a whole different script altogether so I found that quite interesting it's kind of with the flags and the arms and yeah yeah I, I really like semaphore or I have a my my one understanding a memory of semaphore is that when I was little um in my parents record cupboard um which mostly had like the hit parade of 1973 in Germany ah. um <laughs> uh, but my mum has a my mum has a really strange version of vinyl pressing hey hipster mother um not hipster mother it's just you know she, it's vinyl what they bought at the time and on <laughs> in on this record it's called help it's Beatles records you know it's yeah. Beatles album help which has the Beatles spelling out help in semaphore on the front Ah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I pulled out, when you pull out the vinyl on the little label, for a reason that I never really got to the bottom of, it says, aiuto. Mm. Isn't that weird? Like, like the Italian word for help. Mm. Um, but, you know, like it doesn't say Hilfe. I don't know if she bought it in Italy. I have no idea. But I've got this Beatles record and it's, it has the Beatles in semaphore spelling out help on the cover. 
which I always thought was fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. That is cool. Mm. And I agree with you. If it's an alphabet, you know, if it's an alphabet, I don't know, if it's an alphabet, it's a language? No, that's not quite right. No, it's, it's really, yeah, it's no. Latin yeah. alphabet is many languages, but w- if it's an alphabet, it's... It's a communication. It's, it's, it's a means of communication, which is probably the, the more sort of accurate term, I guess. And that's what I like about it. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a way of, of communicating. And I think that's really cool. So what is semaphore? How does it work? Um, oh, my knowledge is very, very basic. You tested me here. Okay, so you have two flags, essentially. And you have your, you kind of stand in the same position and your arms are sort of in varying positions. So you might have one arm completely down and one arm up, almost like a clock face, that kind of, you know, within, yeah, yeah. within your sort of arm radius, if you like. And that's, that's the very, very basics. Oh, okay. So then one, one, one arm is all the way up and one arm's to the side. That's a letter. And then, yeah. Oh, and so then, it's, yeah. the angles of your arms make think, the letters. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. See. And yeah. where is this used? Why did people, why would anybody learn semaphore? Uh, yeah, you're testing me. I think it's to do with um, sort of marine sea is kind of. A shipping thing. Shipping, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like Morse code then. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, you should learn Morse code as part of Morse your- code. I know, yeah. That I don't know why that didn't end up on the. Uh- that's, not, that's not a script, <laughs> I guess, because it's it's all beeps. But okay, and yeah. um, to moving on to kind of article of the week, and I, this is really I I have been wondering about this for a while. So explain to me exactly how do you learn? Um, you you particularly learning a script, but how do you learn with memorize? How do you? Um, use it because I've never really kind of as far as I understand memorize I have always used it as a a review you know like memorize and and review items so what I do with my students is um, if I've got time and I'm not a lazy bones and stuff and and I do it as an extra service and then I'm really you know doing it very consistently um, I type new vocab that they learned during the lesson I make a note of it and type it in memorize either for them and pronounce it um, or just type it in for the ones that, whose pronunciation is really great so I've always just used it as a make your own vocab list and review it item but I've never used it as using a course that is already there so how do you do that? Oh, interesting um, <clears throat> well there are many courses with the, with the alphabets specifically and the sort of rising system specifically it varies a lot so some of them are very helpfully put together and it will be no typing and you kind of you know you're you're clicking you're matching what you see to the kind of english phonetic that they've given it so you know a lot of the um kind of south um south asian southeast asian scripts are kind of the you know and, and it follows us very uh, begins to follow its own pattern whereas we would be used to a b c d e f it follows this new pattern and a lot of them have that same letter combination if you like so once you become familiar with that you, you know it'll say k a and then it, you match that to the the symbol um the the, the letter I should ah, okay. say, yeah, yeah. So, so it kind of works like that. Um, some of them are quite difficult, like because they've 
the course has obviously not made like memorized specifically in, in its basic form isn't made for that so if people haven't um made the course they don't have much experience of memorizing they've they've just made it as as it is then what you then have to do is try and type the new characters which without the special keyboard or knowing you know how to do that and, and learning that all beforehand that's quite difficult so there are a couple where i've had to like create an evernote document and as i've learned each symbol copy and paste them into the Evernote document oh in the right order. Oh my God, that is dedication. And that's that's a bit much. Like, you know, I, I that was, I think, Kamar and more recently, well, maybe that was Malayalam, which I'm doing at the moment. There was one recently where it was the same thing. There's only been a couple, but it's, whew, you know, that's, that can be tough because then it, you, it is, the, like you say, it's the dedication. And I can only then do that on a computer. I can't do that when I'm sort of on the go or on my phone or... Returning to memorize. Um, yes. <laughs> so how do you know? Because I've recently looked at Welsh courses on memorize just because I keep seeing you say, I'm doing this with memorize. And I'm thinking, oh, I, I don't mind memorize. It's, it's quite good. So I'm curious about, um, you know, how do, I, how do I get started with a new course? And I, was, I looked up Welsh, my language uh -huh. uh, du jour. Um, <laughs> and I was kind of like, how do, I, how do I know a course is good? How do you know? you know, when you're sort of looking at them because there's many Welsh courses and some of them might be kind of like what I do, just very personal, the vocab lesson of one person that, that won't really much be much use to me. So how do you know a course is good? Is there an official, is there a rating system that I'm overlooking? That is a very good question. I don't think at present there is um, a rating system, but you could always, you know, if you was kind of thinking on rating, you could always judge by the student um quota i think you can still see how many students take a course and it, you could recently but they have changed the site so i'm not sure if that's still available to to sort of public viewing but you used to be able to see that um but i think the best way is if you have a rough idea in your head of you know if you've learned a language before you know what's important and what's important to you with this language specifically then If you find a few and you think, oh, this looks good, you know, don't necessarily judge by the cover, but just click on them and have a look through the levels at what words are on those lists. Mm -hmm. You know, and if, if, it, if it starts with stuff that is, you know, if say with your Welsh, you, you can kind of communicate, you can say hello and where you're from and everything like this. Then perhaps if it starts with hello, my name is, where do you live and all of that, perhaps that's too basic. Maybe you need a slightly upper level one. So you try searching for things like... Um, 100, 100 words in Welsh or first thousand words in Welsh or mm. you know if, if, if you were looking for um, verbs specifically you know you could try and be more specific or beginner Welsh you know just to add that extra word into your search that could help to bring up some uh, some better results perhaps mm -hmm. that's a good more specified yeah, it's a good piece of advice there yeah definitely and what's um, what does Memrise do for you in terms of the learning a new script how does it like does it work or what do you do in addition to memorize and this sort of goes into our week's topic which is can you really learn yeah. language using mobile apps there's an absolutely excellent article from um brian at languages around the globe that i um kind of sent you before which actually references you and your facebook article i saw I know. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> very circular this um <laughs> but um he i think he wrote about it in a very smart way and talked about it in a very sort of um Edu educate, educated, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about in that sense way. And he had some really, really good tips. Um, and there is the flashcard app. But what do you do? Um, first of all, what do you do in addition to memorize? And then as a follow up question, um, how much do you use your 
how much do you use mobile apps when you're learning? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in addition to memorize, when we're talking about the scripts, um, the other thing that I would do, because obviously you can't necessarily, I, I'm just learning the, the the writing system, I'm not learning the language. So the speaking is not important to me. The listening is not important. You know, I can't, not going to listen to like individual letters. So oh, in she's addition, a rebel. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm a rebel. Yeah. Ah, shoot me down. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but so the other thing I would do in addition to memorize when it comes to scripts would be writing. And I bought myself a nice, you know, sort of notebook from Paper Chase specifically for um, I've got well, I've got two. That's a lie. I've got one that's just a cheap one that's A4 size, and I will write down on one page the entire alphabet and the the kind of English and the phonetic perhaps as well. And then, in addition to that, when I've when I've done that, normally at the start of the month or at the start of looking at that script, I'll then open my other book, my nicer book, and I'll just take some time to enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, you know, it doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be correct because I'm making a lot of it up. I'm guessing how to how to write my name in this language that I know nothing about. I just know the script, you know. And I'm I'm just trying to play with it really um, in in that sort of second book to mm-hmm. just enjoy the process. So memorize is kind of the the foundation, and then from there I'll I'll go on to Omniglot. Um, and find the the entire alphabet listed and I'll I'll read up a little bit about it and where it's spoken and what it's linked to other languages I'll write down the alphabet from normally from Omniglot because that website's just out of this world I know Um, it's amazing so good so good um and then when I've written it in the bigger book then I'll spend some other time if I have the time to just write and enjoy the the process of, of writing and playing with the sort of the new script that I've just uh encountered I think this is really, you said your your first focus is not on speaking. Um, and I just want to get back to that because, like I said, rebel. Um, <laughs> I I empathize with that. That's the word, right? Empathize. I, I, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you, dude. <laughs> yes, I feel you, sister. But um, to, to me, it's also, I think the, I think there is a, not unhealthy, absolutely not unhealthy and very useful, but equally um, maybe sometimes disproportional obsession with speaking instantly. Um, and I don't really think you, you're losing out if you don't speak for three weeks and you just, you know, if, if you just don't, you know, if, if that's not really what you, what you fancy doing at the time, what's, you know, what's a big rush? I think this really, really depends on what you want the language for. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I say that I'm learning a script and I'm not focusing on speaking or listening, because I'm just I'm focusing on the, the the visual, the the written and the writing side of things. Because with with that that's that's that project. That's what that is. Um, you know, if I was to learn a new language from scratch, yeah, definitely I would I would speak early on. Um, but I I do enjoy a, a sort of mixture. You know, I mean, I say this actually very interestingly. Last summer. I learned Portuguese with the Aitokai World Cup Language Challenge and I didn't really have the time. You know, I was I was learning German and French with my degree. I was um, I had some Dutch kind of going on on the side and then I was like, okay, I'm going to add Portuguese to this crazy mix. So I had these four languages going on in my brain quite actively, all four of them. And so I didn't have time to devote to Portuguese in terms of reading or uh, writing or anything like this. So it was pretty much all spoken very little grammar book contact, very little anything else contact, you know, just three hours a week on italki. And it was very effective. Mm -hmm. However, I speak Spanish. 
and French and Italian. And, you know, so these languages that I know are very closely related. Portuguese was almost, um, you know, one of the, the later ones in that kind of language family um, to, to kind of, to, to, that, that I learned. So it was easy to do it with just speaking. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Definitely. And it was definitely effective. And now I do, even now a year on, I don't use Portuguese regularly, but I do feel comfortable when I speak Portuguese. But if you asked me to write an email to a uh, to a hotel in Brazil or some, anything like, you know, one of those things, then I would be like, okay, hey, Google Translate. Hey, word reference. Let's, yeah. let's do this. You know? <laughs> These days you can probably just get a dictation app, switch it to Portuguese and it'll do the work for you. And I'll speak you. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll speak it. It will spell perfectly. It's done, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was learning, um, when I first sort of started out with Russian, I was literally just picking up words here and there um, and, 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 and copying, you know, whatever people said and pe my my colleague at the time uh, married to a Russian man was teaching me you know bits and bobs and things like that um, and then she moved away and then I sent her an email um, in Cyrillic um, <laughs> in, in Russian and she mm. went what the hell are you doing that's full of spelling mistakes oh uh, I can't I can't even you work tried. out what you're you trying tried. to say. I know she was German oh, okay <laughs> So it's, you know, it's, it's not in a kind of, she wasn't, she didn't destroy my ego or anything. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just funny because at the time I was like, I'm so brilliant. Look at me typing letters that I don't even know what the hell they mean. Um, but it's, you know, it didn't really do that. And even now as I'm learning Welsh, I'm doing, I'm learning it using Say Something in Welsh, the podcast, um, and the BBC Big Welsh Challenge, which is kind of like a really terrible soap opera where there's a lady called Sean and I don't know, so far... I haven't really learned anything except she's a hairdresser. Um, so the the thing, though, with that is that I had to have my notebook. And even with Say Something in Welsh, it kind of says, only if you must look up how the words are spelt. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to remember them unless I know how, to sp how they're spelt. Um, mm. And I can't, I need to always, in order to speak a language, I need to know how it's written. Maybe you're quite a visual learner. Mm, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's why I think yeah I think certainly I'm not a good oral processor I've said this before that mm. um, maybe that's to do with being such a waffler and I know I'm not the best listener in the world and I process things by saying them um, but writing is just my way of really focusing on it um, mm. so for me this this again brings it back in a slightly different way to to mobile apps and i have i mean i have previously made it public that duolingo absolutely is not my thing and i haven't really found an app that holds my attention the best tip that i saw in brian's um, once again excellent article that i really liked um was you know get get your kindle and and read on your kindle because kindle can get you an inbuilt dictionary Mm. so again yeah, that that's me being visual i guess <clears throat> yeah yeah definitely yeah and it's, it's yeah reading would be the one of the skills of language that is learning visually so that makes total sense mm -hmm. with, with what you said i think i think that um like, like we said it does depend on what you want with a language as to whether you know what you should focus on is speaking uh, uh from from like very from from the word go um, is that essential? I think it depends what you want. And I think for a lot of people, that is what they want. A lot mm. of people do 
want to communicate effectively, understandably, because language is communication. Yeah. So, you know, this makes total sense. Um, but I think as well, like where, where I am with the language scripts that I'm learning at the moment and where you are with, with Welsh, perhaps it's not, you know, it's not right for us at that moment in, in our sort of learning journey, if you like. Mm-hmm. You know, and ev- and this is the thing as well is like uh, everyone is different and everyone learns in different ways and everyone should focus on what is their, what's, what's important to them when they're learning, especially when they're learning a language. And of course, you know, if you then wanted to go to Wales and you wanted to speak and you haven't spoken any Welsh, then that's mm. going to be hard. Oh, it's so going to be a challenge. This is partly the question. It's like, is it going to be so hard, or is it? I just, think so. I mean, how much learning curve should I expect for myself? Because I kind of don't. I'm genuinely not scared of the the time I'm actually going to because I I do speak it out loud to myself. It's not like <laughs> I don't pronounce any Welsh. I I every time I write something, I kind of pronounce it as well. Um, and every time I listen to something, I do a lot of repeating from the tape, old school. Mm. Um, but so, so once I'm actually go out into the world and speak Welsh, I'm not, I'm not that scared of it. But I know what you're saying. It's sort of a lot of people feel that unless they are really speaking and really communicating, which I think is a tall order, but maybe that's just me. I think that's holding yourself to or that to me. That is a high standard. Um, like I feel like I can do that in French. I can sort of do that in Spanish, but in Spanish, I I will have a lot of um and a lot of pointing and stuff like that. Which at which point I don't feel I'm as effective as I could be. At which point I start getting frustrated. So with Welsh at this stage, I just don't feel ready to to go and speak. Oh, okay. Welsh. Do you know what I mean? So the, the, so the I think the 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 speak very soon approach is great but you know but in the sense of pronounce very soon and and you know get that success feeling of hey somebody understood what i said very soon but equally it makes me feel like you there is so much insecurity and there's so much like room for failure then so early but do you think i think that that's uh kind of a healthy thing because i think if you fail of course of course you have to have that inner strength as as a person to be like okay oh my god I've failed and instead of thinking oh that's it I'm done you know to then think I failed but I know what to do next time to get it right of course mm-hmm. you have to have have that as as like a, a trait which is something I think that you can build from from learning languages and from making mistakes and then going on and, and progressing to do more and make more mistakes and you know yeah. but I think that that's a really important aspect and it's i think when it comes to speaking it's 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 about communicating but communicating like we talked about semaphore you know there's no words coming out of my mouth but i could be just moving my arms and you know and when you're especially like if you're on holiday and you don't speak a language and it's you know you, you need to buy a hairbrush let's say and this is going to be hard to express on a podcast <laughs> are I'm, you going to send I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna use about talking with my hands but you know if you say for example i think i've said this exact same example on the podcast before you know you you want to talk in, in you want to ask for a hairbrush in in spain mm. and all you can say is es una cosa you know it's a thing and then you just act out brushing your hair yeah yeah or I've, i've recently learned how do you say in welsh at which point you know i can pretty much say anything right because i can <laughs> just say oh uh sit utin what is it hang on sit utin dade 
uh, something, something, something. <laughs> yeah. So and that's it. Yeah. You need these, you just need these kind of building blocks and to to be able to then fill in the blanks with your hands and your miming. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that 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 on that is I think the first step. And I think a lot of the time when people say kind of you know speak from day one and and really really go in talking, I think what the intention of that is not to go in and be like, but to go in and be like, it's a thing and then do the miming, you know? So it's, it's almost the, the attempt of that to then build upon. Uh And I think it can help to build with the confidence, but perhaps, you know, if you say you feel like you're not ready, you want to, you want to wait, then of course it's maybe not best to then go out and force yourself to speak. If you're actually thinking, I want to wait until I feel comfortable until I can say this sentence. Yeah. You know, but that's, having that's said that, well. I also know myself and I know that I'm not the perfectionist type because I think the problem with mm. waiting until, you know, keep it's if you are a very perfectionist, very high standard person, um, you will then say, oh, I've just got to wait a little bit longer. And then before you know it, you've gone five years and you still haven't said anything to of anyone. Course, which of course. isn't, you know, which that's is not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. probably why I think I like language classes because it puts you in a puts you in a really nice safe environment mm. you know you can you know you're you're there to to speak but with a mutual understanding of the other person is there to the other person or the other people are there to with the same mission of in you know the like there's, there's this sort of room understanding of yeah of course. you're not perfect you're not meant to be and i often say you know you know when somebody says to me how oh, uh, my dream of fluency is to go to germany and have an interaction uh, and ask a train conductor about his family. I always feel like, be careful, because that train conductor really doesn't want to teach you German at that point. He just wants to get on with his job. Yeah. So I think sometimes language learners forget that, you know, the people in the country, that they're not there to be your language buddies. So, Mm. which is why, hire a language buddy before you do it. You know, it'd be great. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's very easy to, to sort of think, oh, they speak the language that I spent so long learning, I want to go and practice. But yeah, perhaps yeah. it's not always. They don't care, do they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have the right not to care. That's fine. It's of like, course, you know, yeah. I remember, oh God, this is so embarrassing. Um, when this group of German, uh, British exchange students came to Bernkassel, the, the city near where I'm from, and um, I just so desperately wanted to, listen to english like oh my god actual english speakers people are speaking english yeah. near me this is this is the best thing that's ever happened and i sort of kind of tagged along behind them um <sighs> and then eventually went hi can i join you uh, <laughs> and they must yeah. have looked at me like what a nutter um but i was just you know i was just so desperate but they really weren't there to teach me english they weren't interested Mm. Um, and, and in a way it's kind of, you know, that, that's kind of made me, that reminds me that, you know, like all the first time I tried out my English on the crossing guard, the ferry crossing guard in Calais, who was British. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was so proud. And this is after maybe three, four years of English lessons. I was like, Oh my God, an actual British person is, Mm. is, is it near me? Um, and he just laughed. He just laughed at my, my you know, my, I'm what I must think terrible attempt at English. It didn't crush me or anything. I just went, oh, that's a nice man. Because um, oh. I'm 13 <laughs> and very optimistic at this stage. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, 
it's it, it that's always reminded me it's like you know that's that's not his job it's not his job to compliment me on oh there there you're doing so so well yeah yeah of course if it happens it's lovely yeah like i mean i, I remember um in Morocco, there was, uh, I don't know if it's just because he wanted me to buy something, um, that he was so nice, but there was a man who's like, oh, you have the best French accent I've ever heard from, are, are you not French? I was like, no, no. Oh, you have the best French accent I've never heard, ever heard from a foreigner. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, thanks. Ooh. You know, and it's nice. But he's not, it's not his job. He's not there to do that. He's probably trying to get me to buy stuff, but still <laughs> nice to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, there is, there is politeness in, in that, hopefully as well. Um, so. <laughs> although you probably do have an absolutely excellent French accent, I don't doubt it. Oh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> that, was, that was overplayed slightly, sorry. <laughs> I overshot the mark there. It's a good French R there. <laughs> so um, uh, to, to finish off, I guess, with this very rambling discussion of the article of can you learn a language with your phone? Um, just one extra um, note, I guess, that I noticed, and I know the article is called "Can you learn a language using mobile apps?" What well, what I found really interesting is it sort of says Skype with people, video chat with people, but um, it doesn't mention that your phone is actually a phone, and you could just call someone on the phone. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, which I used to do that, and and it was just like again, this is you know like I used to when we fir when I first understood how international dial tones work back in the dark ages, um, I. I once did this thing where I dialed some British number that I found somewhere in like, you know, a magazine or something. Uh -huh. And somebody answered the phone in English and I was so excited I hung up straight away. Oh, that's <laughs> But so I cute. heard somebody speaking real English because I, you know, this is, this is not, we didn't have internet in 97, not in my village yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so you had to get your, you know, there wasn't the easy access to native input that we have now. Um, so, yeah, you know, so if you know somebody, especially perhaps an older person, you may want to actually speak on the phone to them. And that might be really lovely. But yeah, there's Skyping, there's e-readers. Um, he mentions YouTube. He mentions apps such as um, Memrise, Duolingo and GoSpeaky, um, which are various language exchange sort of um, sites. And obviously there's Duolingo, which is uh, designed to be an app to teach you language in a gamified way. Um And then there's the flashcard app. So there's so, so much on this. And I think my favorite is the the Kindle recommendation. I think mm. that's something that's overlooked. What stood out to you out of this article? Uh, in terms of like actual specific use, in terms I would of, yeah, say... Your favorite app, your favorite use. Well, my favorite app is, is probably Memorize. It's the one thing I always use every day without fail. Um, but... In terms of the advice he gives, when he says about diversify what you use, you know, like if I just say, oh, yeah, I love Memorize and I've learned every language ever through Memorize, that's not true. You know, there's other things that have to play a part um, to make that language that you learn more rounded and solid. So, yeah, when he says diversify, that would be my best piece of advice that he gives in the article. Mm -hmm. Also, try a few because some of them may not work for you. Some people... That's it. Yeah, yeah. Some people hate it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So for Welch at the moment, there's, there's only one that I'm really using, which is the um, the dictionary. It's uh -huh. called Abgeria Duron. Mm. I, know, I meant to roll the R. Abgeria Duron. Um, don't know if that was any better. Um, and that's that's the one I use. So I have three language apps on my phone right now. I have Duolingo. I don't know why, because um, I don't use it. Um, I've got... 
I, I want to like it. I really do. That's why it's still there. Um, oh. I have Leo, which is an absolutely fantastic German dictionary that um, works with from German to French, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Russian, Polish, Portuguese, and English. Um, so if you you know if you're a native German, it's a fabulous resource. It's just such a good. Their entries are so good. I love Leo. Um, and then I've got this Abgeriaduron, which is the Welsh uh, dictionary. So mm. I'm, I kind of use dictionaries and I haven't really found anything else that is really my regular, my go-to. Mm. Mm. See, that's interesting because for a dictionary, I would always go to a book dictionary first. Really? Over an app, yeah. I can see why because I think a book dictionary gives you a lot of extra and it also has that wonderful cross-referencing thing so the one thing I like about the thing I like about Leo is it tells you things like okay what is the gender of this word what is the case it just gives you the extra grammar bits mm. um, and the thing I like about the Geriador on the, the Welsh um, dictionary is it's really easy to reverse look something up uh -huh. and that's something I do a lot so you look up a word You say you look up the word for speak, you get an answer. Um, but then you look up the answer to make sure it's not say or you know, yeah, so it's okay, sort of yeah. an odd meaning of speak. Yeah. So what is it about a book dictionary that, except for the they're just beautiful aspect? <laughs> um, I think it's more like, I don't know, because like I trust apps, but then I, when it comes to actual dictionary stuff, the only app that I would use to like directly translate a word would probably be Google Translate. So I don't trust that 100% all the time. Unless I'm kind of on the go and I have no other option, then what I tend to do is use, if it's a language that I'm sort of learning actively and I have a dictionary, um, a paper one, then I'd use that. Just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I think it's just to have, it's more, it feels more permanent. It feels more confirmed for some reason. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, it is. It's, it is kind of approved by a yeah, body or at least a publishing. Yeah, house. yeah. I think I think that's that's mm. it. It's just that sort of. This is definitely. This definitely has to be the the answer because the dictionary says so. This paper <laughs> solid book, you know. But where was it an app? You know, anyone could publish an app, and I I don't know. I'm sure many many dictionary apps are fantastic, but I just I don't know. I've just never really got into them. Mm, I, I, that's very interesting because um, I quite like learning, you know, I quite like getting my, my sample dialogues and things like that from books. But also uh -huh. a dictionary, the beautiful thin paper, right? Yeah. That's special. That's, you've got to have a dictionary for that. <laughs> I'm just kind of going to look. I mean, I'm, this just, um, it's been fantastic to see people's bookshelves. I'm running at the moment at, at yeah. fluentlanguage.co.uk slash summer dash giveaway. So summer hyphen giveaway. Um, if you haven't entered yet, massive, massive giveaway. I've got $500 worth of things. Um, beautiful, you know, I've got signed copies of books. I've got um, uh, Lindsay making you a learning plan, which is a fantastic prize donation. Um, got some italki credit. There's really a lot um, in this giveaway this year. And you can get an extra entry by tweeting or Instagramming a picture of your bookshelf. Uh, it's got to have, you know, language books on it, not just, you know, your favorite romance novels. Um, mm. but Unless they're in a different language. Mm, that's correct. Does that count? Yeah? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I think that counts. Okay. But how do I know it's not a person's native language? Ooh. 
Police yourselves. Trust entrance. game. Trust <laughs> it's game. a trust game. Um, and you have to hashtag it fluent shelfie. A shelfie is a picture of a bookshelf. So like a selfie, but a shelfie. Uh, <laughs> so it's called, so a hashtag fluent shelfie. And um, we've had fantastic entries, really, really great entries. And I'm sort of looking back right now. I can't do that without going away from the microphone. Um, at my own dictionaries, which are at the back of my bookshelf. So I may just dig them out. I've got some... Um, I've got some brilliant stuff. And I once asked for a dictionary for Christmas, this huge English-German dictionary I have, um, which I'm very proud of. And my favorite dictionary is being Pons. There's two German companies, Pons and Langenscheid, the kind of the, the dictionary masters. Um, and I never really know what English company to look for, for foreign language dictionaries. What oh, really? You? Collins. Collins? Mm, ah. mm. It sounds really... It sounds really. Uh, 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 I have a, I have a, a couple of Oxford ones. Like kind of they're okay. I just I prefer the Collins. Like I think it's because that's what I had when I was at school. Like literally the Collins Easy Learning. I have those for like well, I had them for French and Spanish when I was at school. I've got one now for German and Mandarin. I think. Um, and then the big ones that have French and Spanish and English, they're all Collins as well. So they're not, they're obviously not easy learning when they're the big thin paper dictionary. But, um, yeah, I think Collins is my favorite. And what do you make of, uh, monolo monolingual dictionaries? When I was learning French in school, we weren't allowed uh, a bilingual dictionary. We had to take exams and we were only allowed the micro Robert or the, you know, the, the micro yeah. Robert is the micro version of the Robert, which is an enormous dictionary. Um, but it's still quite a thick book. So we were only allowed the Robert, which is a French dictionary that explains everything in French. I think they're good when you get to a higher level. I've got a French and a Spanish monolingual dictionary. I've also actually very interestingly got a uh, French to Spanish and Spanish to French mm -hmm. dictionary, which has been very handy. Because yeah. some, you know, sometimes when it gets to a point where you you know uh, two or more languages to a certain level, and and there are some words I find I don't know if you've ever found this, Kirsten. Some words that sound almost more they they just fit mm -hmm. in, in one language than another. You know, perhaps the word for um, but being pero in Spanish, but me in French, very quite different. But one of them perhaps just sticks, and you think, oh yeah, uh, j'adore le chocolat. Um, pero, pero, you know, pero, that's not right. And you can't, you almost can't oh, think yeah. of the English word sometimes. Mm. And so that's been very useful over the years. I like that little dictionary. That's it's only small, but it's and handy. There's still, I mean, for, for me as an expat, there's still um, a whole vault of vocabulary that I haven't unlocked in English. So yesterday mm. I was sitting with my friend and there's a, this absolutely adorable bird. Was We were outside and was hopping kind of across and I was like oh my god look at that that's so cute what is it completely not expecting her to know what the hell it is and she's like <laughs> oh that's a pied wagtail and I'm like a what a what um and then turns out um once I looked it up in the dictionary the German word for pied wagtail Bachstelze made total sense to me and I was like oh it's one of those so I there's nature vocabulary I, I need to learn my English nature vocabulary because I would not know what a pied wagtail what, what a pied wagtail a pied wagtail it's a bird I, <laughs> it's little I, I, it's dead cute I would not know that bird. That's uh, right. So, you know, it's, and this is again, you know, I'm never going to be perfect in English, but, you know, Englanders aren't going to be perfect in English. And you've got to, you know, you've got to pick your battles with language learning. Yeah. Pick your battles as if it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So after our discussion of um, learning with, with mobile apps and which kind of also, you know, dictionaries and apps and all the amazing stuff that we, you can get with your mobile phone now um, and, and, you know, sort of the limits of digital world. So we do, you know, both Lindsay and I, I think we've, we've said we, we like using books, we like using notebooks. Um, there is still something to, to paper um, and particularly to writing, you know, that kind of... The, the, the visual haptic uh, it's called haptic right when you move your hand um, oh I don't know and the, the motion <clears throat> processing <laughs> I think it's called okay. haptic um, so that you know you get some kind of feedback from your body and it makes it a bit more sensual I guess that you can you know you oh, can touch wow. something wow, wow, wow. <laughs> sorry got carried away there <laughs> 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 Uh, welcome to episode 20. <laughs> um, moving on from that, we have something. I'm, I'm, I can feel myself blushing. Um, we have something oh, um, very uh, special, which, no, not necessarily special, but very useful for people, for a change, uh, which is, Lindsay, tell me the tips of the week. I think oh. it's, it's your your task this time wasn't it it was my task so oh, sounds so so serious okay yeah i have three tips Way. uh when is this podcast going to be going out do you think um end of july oh good oh that's good they still they still fit okay because tip number one is to make the most of this beautiful weather okay so i've written a blog post recently about how to keep learning in the summer and some people said oh no problem at all absolutely fine some people like yeah i, I don't do as much and you know, I think it varies. It definitely varies. A lot of the time when exams are over as well, if you're studying for exams and they're finishing sort of May, June time and you think, right, that's it. I'm done. Enjoy the summer. Sometimes it's not always possible. I mean, my course, for example, is with Open University. It's very, um, the, the courses are all at different times throughout the year. So I don't finish until October the 1st. So which means that I'll be on holiday for most of August, but July and uh, the last week of August, I'll be finishing my course and beginning my dissertation yay mm -hmm. so so my, my tip number one is to take advantage of the weather and get outside with books pen and paper no technology not even music you know just and we've talked a lot about paper today and, and the, the joys of the sensual if you like the sensual joys of writing um and so that would be my tip number one to get outside take a nice drink a snack and some, some books, even if it's a, you know, a reading book or a writing book or a textbook, just something physical that has no screen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Tip number two is to study first thing in the morning. Now, I think everyone is most productive at different times of the day. I know that for me, if I don't study first thing in the morning, um, not, not, not first, first thing in my daily routine, but I always study in the morning and that's when I get the bulk of my like essential sort of study out of the way. It's, uh, out of the way sounds awful, but you know what I mean? It, then it's past two purposes. Number one, whatever then happens in the rest of my day, something good has happened. Something productive has happened and I'm off to a good start. Mm -hmm. So it means that the rest of the day is likely to be good because it started well. Oh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? I get and it. So yeah. And recently we've started getting up at very early and we'll do like literally roll out of bed and do some yoga, go and do some yoga on this yoga app thing. And it's brilliant. It's like you then have breakfast and you feel good because you've started with something positive. 
So, you know, if, if you find you get to the end of your working day and you're like, oh God, I'm so tired, I can't study, whatever, try, you know, set your alarm 10, 15 minutes earlier, study first thing in the morning. Tip number two. Okay, tip number three, the last one, is if you have a favorite foreign movie that you watch again and again and again, um, perhaps try, have a look at it if you've got the DVD, see if you can watch it with the commentary. And this has two purposes. If you love the film, watching it again and again and again is great, but you're going to begin to know stuff. You're not really going to be learning something new. So it has something that you love, that you know you love. And also the commentary, it may have English subtitles, but it might be that it's just in the language of the film. And it might also be that they're talking much more off the cuff, much more casually, perhaps a bit quicker. Absolutely. So that would be tip number three. Obviously, that's yeah, an advanced what? advanced learner tip. But. Yeah, but it's it's a good one as well because you know what mm. they're talking about and you sort yeah. of know you know if you know if you like watching a commentary and you you love the film, mm. um, you get a lot out of this. So I think that's a really really I love tip number three. I love tip number three. Um, I like tip number two, but I'm just not a morning girl. Um, I thought you might say that. <laughs> I had a hunch, yeah. <laughs> so, it, oh, sorry. Even though I do, even though I do some of my, um, you know, when I do my studies, I do it in the morning. Um, but I like, I like getting started with, I like getting started with my work and things like that. And I like, if it's if it's something like podcast listening, I will do it in the morning. So quite often I might listen to um, the news in slow French or Français authentique, um, just to just to kind of get a little bit of language in, um, and. On days where I'm going, right, going to sit down, going to do the Welsh studies, quite often I might do it first thing in the morning. Um, but naturally, when I think about, for example, like um, my going to the my habits of going to the gym, or when I do the yoga, or when I actually feel like when I feel like okay, I have got some work out of the way, and now I've got this sort of space in my mind. Um, headspace to, to you know to focus on something else that tends to be in the afternoon mm. um, so it's 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 difficult to really put my finger on it I, I go in waves you know sometimes yeah. I think doing it first thing in the morning is awesome but sometimes I'm just I'm just a real grump and I can't do anything in the morning um, which means which means it's it's such a variable that I this tip loses out to tip number one. Both lose out. Oh, lose out. Um, I think my favorite out of these is is tip number one. I love you know. I love getting outside. The summer makes me so happy. I love the sunlight. Uh, you who, who doesn't love you know? I mean, we, okay. Everybody who's listening, Lindsay and I live in England. We don't get a lot of summer. Uh, we really don't. You know, we've, we've just true. had a week of sunshine. It's been it's been revelation. Revelation. That's probably it. I've probably said the tip, and that's it now. It's- Rain. I know when you said this is, you know, when I said this is going out late July, and you, you said, "Oh yeah, this that should be in time." I touch thought, wood, no, touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> no way in in heavens. Uh, but I I I remember so many times, and I think that's so. You know, when I was editing my book, the Vocab Cookbook, when I used to study for exams, um, now I, I when I go out, it is easier for me to just leave all the screens behind. It really is. Just find yourself somewhere, you know, sit in the grass, uh, maybe, like you said, take a drink, take a snack. And it just allows you to free up your mind and really focus. So no matter if you are, you know, if you're going and taking your language study or if you're just going and enjoying a foreign novel or you're taking your Kindle out, um, it is just such a, it's it's such a, you know, it brings 
what I always feel it brings the joyful into you know into something that is that can become a bit of a cramp. Um, mm. So I can't I can't praise that tip highly enough. I think it's really really smart. Uh, I think it's really really fun. And if you can't get away from your screen, just Instagram yourself, and then you can show off how about how you're outside. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but there's nothing like there's nothing like a walk and sitting somewhere, you know, in the sunshine or the you know attempt at sunshine that that Britain is giving you, um, and and just you know like taking a break away from your normal environment. Mm, that's it. That's exactly it. You know, change of scenery, yeah. change of scenery yeah. stimulates the brain, gets your yeah. brain active. It's it's extremely valuable. So that is my tip of the week. Get outside, you know, get away from your screen. Take the podcast with you. Why not? Oh, you have to keep the, the, the phone screen in your pocket, though. That's right. <laughs> you got to... Strong, strong opinions against that. <laughs> not against the podcast. Oh, no, you know what I mean? You could, well, you could get like a really old school MP3 player or iPod. Yes. So you, you don't go. get tempted. You're set. You're set. I know. The other day, um, Christian, my husband, was making a barbecue. And me being a German from the countryside, I know how to barbecue. And him being a Brit from Blackpool, he wasn't quite sure. Mm. Um, and I, I I, said, okay, I'm just going to walk up to the castle. Um, and, you know, our neighbors, the castle. Um, and I took my book and I did not take my phone. I just mm. went up there for 20 minutes just to read, just to, you know, it's it's close enough so that I can take a cup of tea with me and, and just drink it there. Um, and when I came back, he said, I was calling you. I didn't, I, the, the barbecue, it's, my meat oh. is burnt. <laughs> and, and it's just, he was just like, this was an emergency and you didn't take your phone. Oh. <laughs> so these days it's, it's, it's tough not to take it your is. phone places, even if it's next door. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So you know, if you if you dare, we dare you to switch off and take your phone with you. <laughs> okay, so coming to a close in the podcast, Lindsay, do you have anything new and exciting you want to tell your you want to tell our podcast listeners about? Anything you you want to plug? You want to mention? Oh, I don't know. I've got I've got some uh, exciting courses coming up this autumn. Ooh. Which is cool. Um, my very first online course, which will be mastering English through phrasal verbs that is uh, due out in the autumn and also hopefully around a f probably a few weeks later maybe a month later or so um, I've got three star tickets coming out I get a lot of emails from people saying um, oh I love I love uh, I read this blog post about teaching on Skype and I love your blog and things like this and how, how do I get started mm -hmm. so I figured okay I'm going to put this all into one thing so that you, you can have everything in one space. Um, so that will be the online teaching starter kit, blogging starter kit and vlogging starter kit, um, which can be sold separately or as a, as a package. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. wow. It's, I love that. Um, I'm also, you know, I love working with online teachers. And I think there's so yes. many teachers now who are beginning to experience the um, the joys of teaching online and it's certainly something that I've, I've worked in over the last year um, and I'm, I'm just so glad to have a buddy and I think can I can I ask you would you be interested in running a few webinars together and showing people our, of course you know, how we roll so of course yeah. oh yeah let's do it you know maybe maybe an event maybe we can get down to London yeah. um, and you know set something up there and, and really get together with people I think that would be so fantastic um, that's Okay, and where can people go to find out about your course? Just sign up to Lindsay's newsletter, I assume. 
Yeah, yeah, it's time for the newsletter. If you head to um, shop.lindsaydoeslanguages.com, there yeah. is a special sign up, and that's for a different sort of newsletter just specifically for the courses. So that's shop.lindsaydoeslanguages.com shop.lindsaydoeslanguages.com and I'm going to put it in the show notes as well um, and I just want to mention to people that my um, very third online course very fourth online course um, is, is nearly finished this is my first German course uh, it's called speak German like a native lose your accent learn how to pronounce difficult sounds and feel fantastic speaking German it's the ultimate pronunciation course I'm so excited I, I knocked my microphone um, I'm really, really excited about it. It's going to teach you how to pronounce German words without a foreign accent, how to understand native speakers easily, um, how to know instantly what every word and every sound should sound like. So if you are a person who is unsure about German pronunciation, um, you know, head over to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash speak German um, and get yourself on the list so that I can let you know when the course comes out, which is in about a month um, and, you know, send you a special offer and really reward you for being, being with me. So shop.lindsay, no, hang on. Shop.lindsay. Does language Lindsay dot language. <laughs> I try again. Shop. Lindsay does languages. Dot com. That's the one. <laughs> and, www.fluentlanguage.co.uk slash speak German. That's the other one. Um, and we'd, we'd love to see you. We always love hearing from you, um, especially after today's um, Lindsay's amazing announcement of her engagement. Um, and in light of my recent wedding and my upcoming other wedding, same man. Um, <laughs> please. Uh, yeah, you should clarify that. If you're in an international relationship, you know, write in, comment on the comment on the podcast, comment on Facebook, and tell us a little bit about what what's it like. You know, what's it like for you, your international relationship? I'm having a I'm having a blast. Love it. I love an English man, and it's fantastic. Um, and I'd love to hear about you know your international and multilingual relationships. And I think that's a wrap for the podcast episode twenty. Excellent. Okay. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. -M -M -E